Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Today is Friday, July 15th, 2022. The weather today will be sunny with a high of 27 degrees. Woo! Thanks, kiddo. It's going to feel like 32, I think. It's going to be a hot one. Very hot today. You excited for some hot weather? They can't see you nodding. You know that's not how it works. (laughs) Awesome. It's not how it works. Are you going to stay with me or are you going to go sit down? No, we got a show to run here. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining in live. Um, actually, you know what? Uh, yeah, well, for the, for those of you who are joining in live, thank you. Uh, mm-hmm. For everyone else, well, no, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Thank you for downloading and listening later on. We appreciate yes. that too. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, my, uh, you know, my buddy says about uh, you know listening to the recordings later and not listening to them to them in the morning you know it's 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 time to get the fuck out of bed that's <laughs> right it is tis <laughs> i was just talking to menzer the other day and i'm like you know i still use that clip eh? he goes seriously <laughs> <laughs> i haven't used it in a little while though mm. every couple weeks true true <laughs> um yes thank you so much for joining in live if you want to join in the live show just uh, download the Podbean app. There's a certain app you have to listen to or you have to download to listen live. And uh, you download that Podbean app. Look up the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Subscribe or I don't like wherever the show. Follow. Yeah. Follow. Yeah, whatever it is. And then uh, you'll get a no- notification at 6 a.m. Mountain Time, Monday through Friday when we're going live. May I add something in there? Because <clears throat> I've had two people um, ask me about it. Is that so when you've downloaded it and you're following mm-hmm. our show mm-hmm. and it tells you that you're live. Mm-hmm. It's like um, they they both said to me that if you don't click on the on the thing right away, then it's like really hard to find the show. Like if you don't click on the notification, if you go into the Podbean app, it's really hard to find the show. So I told both of them how easy it actually is. And they were both like, oh, that makes sense. So if you open the Podbean app and you click on, there's like a whole bunch of little icons uh, near the top. If you click on the live icon, then it'll give you the live shows. But ours, because you're following us, ours will show up in the first like uh... two or three. Yeah. So it's, yeah, you don't need to go and like search the show and try to find it. It's just under the live if it's past six o'clock, obviously. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. But you wouldn't sleep in, would you? No, but in these cases, both of them were like, I just didn't click on the little notification quick enough. Yeah. Gotcha. (laughs) And it was gone. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's a pretty, uh, pretty cool app. There's a, there's a, there's a call in button. You can call in and ask any questions you want about real estate investing for free. Um, call in the beginning of the show because typically what will happen is we'll we'll get on a topic based on the question yeah based on the you know or or just you know whatever's the first question and then uh, we'll try and stay on that topic and then we'll get a random question 30 minutes in but eh. (laughs) anywho yesterday (laughs) yesterday we talked about uh our numero uno tenant. Yes, our number one favorite tenant. No, <laughs> our first tenant. <laughs> oh, right, 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 right. Definitely not our number one tenant. Uh, we learned the most from that tenant. Yes, we no, did. No, actually, I learned a lot more from the second tenant. Yeah? Yeah. Well, I mean, I learned a lot about how the RTDRS works with the first tenant. Yeah, right? process. Because that was our first and, yeah. time. The second one, our second tenant. Diving right in. Why not? Sure. Our second tenant was uh, in school to be a legal assistant. And I don't know. I thought I think that she thought this is going to be her first big break. <laughs> and I don't know. She's been watching way too many Boston legal, legal Allie McBeals. So, the, yeah, I this, think she thought she was Harvey Specter. 
this one was a tough one. And if you were listening yesterday, so you might need to go back and listen yesterday, we did start to talk about these tenants and her specifically um, because they were um, the reason that we found out that the first tenants were such nut jobs that needed to be evicted. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you want to catch the kind of beginning of her story, it's uh, on yesterday's episode. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so there was nothing wrong with this, with this, this, this girl here. No, she was uh, lovely, actually. For the majority of it. Yeah. Up until the end, she was lovely. Um, some domestic is- issues started happening and which we felt really bad about. Okay. Yeah. So this this is why this story is a little difficult because like um we really wanted to help her. Um but at the same time there was a significant amount of damages and some rent that was behind. Yeah. And right. we and we have a business to run. Yeah. Right. So um how it kind of started was that yes, there was um <clears throat> some domestic uh violence that went down and um she notified us that he would be leaving that he's going to be gone. Um, can we remove him off the lease? And we were happy to do that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Not a problem. Um, she could qualify on her own. It was a one bedroom basement suite. So it was a pretty low rent. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like where things kind of started <clears throat> to go downhill, I guess. Um, yeah. And it wasn't necessarily the stuff that he did. That was, you know, there was a li- there was some damages and some holes in the wall and that kind of stuff. And she tried to patch it up, but she just didn't do a very good job. Um, it was it was bad that we needed to hire someone to redo it. And uh, it wasn't so much that stuff like that. That stuff was only a couple hundred bucks out of the damage deposit. It was it was the fact that now that she was in school and she needed to get a job, she was having trouble getting a job and she fell behind on the rent. Mm-hmm. And that's where the issues were. And I don't think she owed very much. It was like no more than. On top of the damage deposit, it was no more than like fifteen hundred bucks. It wasn't very much. It was like one month's rent or something like that, and a little bit of, like she just fell behind and and yeah, that I I can't exactly remember what the figures were, but it wasn't very much. And um, that's when it started getting a little hostile, and you know her the emails started getting a little more aggressive, yeah. aggressive, but um, what she. So we served her the documents. <clears throat> I think so. She... You kind of like really skipped forward. So okay, like, well, she I'm did... trying to skip over the stuff you didn't want to talk about. I'll let you. No, no, no. That's and... I'll talk about the legal stuff. You talk yeah. about what happened in between. No, and that's fine. It's just like you kind of skipped the part that like she stayed with us for a while, and then she, she did, yeah. yeah. So she so he had moved out. She had she had been with us for months after that, and then started falling behind. Yeah. So um, it wasn't like the domestic part of this story was the heart of what like why she was leaving um she just after after several more months with us realized and then uh, needing to find a different job um started falling behind on rent mm-hmm. so um i think it's it's fair to say that that kind of like part of the story was kind of secondary like it just kind of but it was brought up later and and tried to use be used against us Yes. So sure. yeah, I wanted to kind of like highlight that because that's the part of the story that makes me very uncomfortable is um, when it was brought back into um, the going, like the, the dealings with yeah. kind of her leaving and stuff. Um, it was used against us as if we were like <clears throat> horrible people. Villains. Yeah. Which, which like had nothing to do with it. We sympathized. We let him off the lease. He left. He left to a different province. Like he was gone. So yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, so had nothing to do with kind of moving And we couldn't pursue him for that stuff. Yeah. Because of the fact that we couldn't find him. We didn't know where he was. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Uh, okay. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. So when she did leave because she had fallen behind, couldn't afford the rent, she, she broke her lease. Um, I believe she left. No, she, I remember my dad was visiting from out of town and she called me one winter evening, or I don't actually, I don't know what time of the year it was now that I think about it, but she called me one evening. Um, I picked up the phone cause she was stalker calling. Like she kept calling and calling and calling, which normally at that point we weren't, um, answering phones at like <clears throat> eight o'clock at night <laughs> and, um, to tell us that she had to leave. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But so yeah, she, she had left and then 
now fast forward to where you were at. There was okay. some damage. So she did leave. Yeah. Do we allow her to leave? I don't remember. Um, we had kind of worked something out with her because in Alberta, if you break a, a fixed term lease, if you leave before the fixed term lease is over and the landlord isn't in agreement, like it, it's the tenant's responsibility that they need to see out the term of their lease. So they're responsible for rent until that end date on the lease. Um, or however, you, yeah, however, sorry, thank you. Um, it's the landlord's responsibility to fill it as quickly as possible possible for the same or more rent. And as soon as that happens, the other person is released from their agreement. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So landlord is obligated to try and replace it for the same or more rent. Yeah. And we were in the middle of winter. Now I remember because we were freaking out. How are we supposed to fill this place? And that was one of the issues. Yeah. Like, hey, like you do you realize you left this with us. Yeah. You're abandoning it in the middle of winter when it's really hard gonna, to fill. We're going to do our yeah. best to help you out. Suite. And we were. We yeah. were legitimately trying to help her out. We had to do the repairs. Mm-hmm. Right. And she was not happy with that. She's like, I already repaired this. Well, like, no, look at this. Like, your drywall work patching is terrible. I bet you I still have pictures. It was like to to try to pass that off as fixed was like, what? Like we <laughs> we were trying to be reasonable, but like, hey, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta fix this issue, right? You gotta pay what you owe. And you are responsible until we find a suitable replacement. Like if this were in the middle of May or June, something like that, no problem. Yeah, like, no biggie. Not a big deal. We'll find someone in like two weeks. But like, this is like the end of November, early December. Like we're not finding anyone for another two months. We're going to do our best, but like, just be aware that like, it might be better just to stay, you know, and, and get a job, which she didn't seem like she was really, you know, she didn't seem like she was pushing really hard because there was a lot of jobs available, entry level servers, uh, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, like she could have definitely gotten a job, but you know, I think she was just being picky and maybe it was the hours with school and everything else. Like it was, it was probably stressful, but I think she was dropping out of school and she was moving back to Calgary. She's yeah. moving back with the parents for a call now. <clears throat> um, how did we serve her? Was it registered mail? Calgary? Uh, yeah. Cause she left. So yeah, we were able to serve by registered mail. We had to get a special request um, put in and it had to be approved. Uh, this was before obviously COVID and stuff. This yeah. was many years ago. Um, so yeah, we had to go through like an approval process to allow to serve by registered mail. And when she got it, she was pissed because yeah. she thought, so she opened it up, right? Normally, if, if you're, if you're expecting to be served, you wouldn't, you wouldn't accept the registered mail and sign for it. Right. Yeah. Um, but when she opened it up, she thought she was getting her damage deposit back in the registered mail or her statement of adjustments. And she didn't. Um, she got served the documents, um, for the hearing and, uh, she emailed us and like, oh, this is, you know, like not very happy explaining exactly that I was expecting this. And you guys sent me this. I can't believe you did this to me, all the things that I've been through. And then just the victim game, like the victim card, just like, (sighs) yeah. It was tough because, uh, you know, I was looking at it as a business and I was tr- like, I, I, I try and put the blinders on and just like not listen to all of everyone's story. But at the end of the day, you are responsible for it. That is your obligation. I cannot inherit people's problems. Yeah. And But the fact that there was domestic violence involved and some depression and stuff like that, it's very hard. Yeah. And I'm sure lots of you have dealt with this at least once. It's very difficult because you feel like a big bag of shit. Yeah. Emotions come into play for sure. But you would be surprised how often this happens where somebody's had something that's happened to them. And and the more the, the more successful you get, the more tenants you get. And that means the more lives that you are attached to. The likelihood of you being involved or having a tenant involved in something terrible increases dramatically, mm-hmm. exponentially. Mm-hmm. when you get more successful, right? So we've got lots of stories of tenants that terrible things happened to them and therefore they 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 felt that they were not responsible for for you know for their rent or for their obligations. Yeah. It's it's tough. It's tough. You know, when you got one or two tenants, it's like the likelihood's very low. Mm-hmm. But I mean like I, I can just of the people that are live on here right now, I, I bet you if I asked your life story, you would probably have a sad story. Something terrible happened to you right? I want you guys to really focus in on that because this is a very important point. 
yeah. when you're when when you're doing property management that you are going to run into stuff like that and you feel like it's just like i gotta help this person this is such a rare occurrence but ugh, yeah you're gonna have a hundred tenants in the next 10 years is that a fair number uh, i don't know probably more <laughs> no yeah if you've got yeah. 10 speeded houses Okay. You'll have a hundred tenants in five years. Okay. A lot of if you are going to have. If they moved every year, yeah. If they move every year, I'm just saying a lot of you are going to have a hundred tenants over the next ten years. You're going to hear some stories, and you know what? I think at least you're going to have at least twenty five. <clears throat> it's just the truth, you know. I yeah. I got I got sick. My mom died. I was going to say a lot of the store, a lot of the um, sob stories and reasons like people fall behind or choose not to pay their rent and those types of things are surrounded around death like death in their families death job loss sickness yeah and as the person receiving this information on the other end you're made to feel as if their problems are um that you need to take them on you need to take you need to be sympathetic and allow them to not pay rent because <laughs> you know somebody close to them died it's a hard time like it which becomes emotional you feel like an asshole yeah yeah I want you guys to think about all the times that you've had something horrible in your life. And if your mortgage lender was sympathetic. Yeah. If you Or were, if you were renting, like, did you be like, you know, <laughs> you still had to pay rent, right? Did, still responsible for that. Did your bank allow you to miss a vehicle payment? Yeah. Everybody's got shit. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, I know it doesn't sound very... It's not very comforting, but it's, it's everybody's got shit and everybody goes through shit. It's life. It's part of life. And yeah. you still need to make sure that you are fulfilling your obligations. Yeah. Right. And like when you miss those vehicle payments, like the vehicle gets repossessed. You don't call somebody and talk to the accounting department and, you know, get a free pass. Yeah. No, you start missing those payments. They come and they take your vehicle away. If you, if you allowed every tenant to do that, it, it's, you would not have a very successful business. Mm -hmm. So we are in a people business and we are going to be dealing with lots of people and you just got to, it's going to be difficult, but put on the blinders and just stick to the rules, stick to the act. And that's not to say that you can't work with people. And we like, tried and we on have, this one. Uh, yeah, this one was its whole like different situation, tried. but like over the years, like just thinking back, like we had a tenant whose um, little sister died. And I think we, we mentioned her briefly in that she ended up um, needing to buy a ticket and fly out and that she didn't tell us until after, at, like after rent was not paid, sh she was AWOL, we couldn't get a hold of her. Then she got back and she told us, yeah. whereas had she told us before that, look, this is the situation I'm in. My little sister just died. Like we would have set up a payment plan for the, oh, the, month, the next like two months or whatever to kind of break it up and help her out. Yeah. Um, so you know what I mean? Like it's okay to work with people, but also recognize when things aren't repairable and what you are owed as a business owner. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. yeah. So it's not to say that, you know, you can't be humane and you can't have sympathy and you can't find a way to find solutions that work for each of you. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, this is your business. This is your livelihood. This is your life. Mm -hmm. um, these are your bills that aren't being paid <laughs> and yeah. covered. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if, if that property was 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 set to make say $8,000 that year, $9,000, which is pretty average, right? Mm -hmm. I think that, uh, you know, a normal rental property, not not the greatest cash flowing property, but, you know, a normal rental property can make anywhere from $8,000 to $10,000 a year if it's if it's performing well with mortgage pay down and, and cash flow. And she owed three grand. That's 30% of our profits for the year. Yeah. On that property, on our business. You got you to gotta think about that. You can't, you know, you got to treat it like a business, but. Yeah. I think Gabby explained it all very well. Um, I am extremely understanding as mm -hmm. long as it's not like a, like an AWOL situation yeah. where as long as you talk to us, three weeks communication later, is so like, important. That's it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm very understanding. Um, but that's, you know, that's what happened. She emailed us back and, and, uh, was not very happy about it. And then it was, um, <clears throat> I think our hearing was probably set for four to six weeks later. 
And um, it was very likely that, you know, because that she was now in Calgary, this tenant, she's probably gonna have to do it over the phone. Um, well, we weren't sure because that was literally our second tenant and now our second hearing. We, we didn't really know that the phone option was really an option. Yeah, there was. So we were like, is she going to no show? Is she going to drive up to circumstances, I think. Yeah. Um, I think that you were allowed to come in. Yeah, we weren't really 100% sure when we, you know, when I, I explained to you guys yesterday on the show that when you walk through, you know, that you go to the parking lot and then you walk past all the, the transients uh, there at the downtown. bus stop downtown. Yeah. And then you walk through the glass doors and security guards there. And like, you just kind of like poke your head in to see if your tenant's actually there or not. Please, 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 please don't show up. Please don't show up. Because if they don't show up, you win. Mm-hmm. It's very simple. You know, what's your claim? This. Do you have the evidence? Yes. What's your, uh, do you have anything to, you know, defend yourself with? And if they're not there, they can't defend themselves. The, the facts are right there. The act is right there. It's very simple. You win. Ta-da. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were really praying that she wasn't there. <clears throat> Again, just like, we don't want to deal with that, that awkwardness. And uh, she wasn't there. We're like, Yes. This is awesome. We got everything we need. We'll get the judgment. We'll get the writ of enforcement. We'll move on. We'll send it to collections. We'll go on with our life. We're not going to get anything from her. We just needed the judgment, right? Yeah. But we, <clears throat> but we need to back up. What's that? <laughs> but we need to back up. Because what did she do after she received us? Right, 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 right. <laughs> okay. So right before Rewind. the hearing. <laughs> right before the hearing, though. Like how, like half a week before? And there's like, oh, the, there's the, a couple of business days. If you want to submit any counterclaim. uh, counter counterclaims or your own evidence, just mm-hmm. evidence alone. So we provided her with our hearing information, being, serving her the hearing information and our evidence. Okay. It was for no more than $3,000. It wasn't very much. Um, and you know what? Now that I'm thinking back to it, like, it was, it wasn't more than 2000. Yeah. It was like, yeah. I think it was like 1500 bucks. It I was had 35 in my head yeah. and now I'm feeling like it's 1500. I don't know. It, it wasn't like, I mean, it, yeah, that's a lot Maybe of money. Maybe it was $3,000 total because, um, after the damage deposit, if you assume the damage deposit was 900 mm. and then add another, I think it was, right. yeah. 1500 yeah. on top. So it wasn't very much. It was a yeah. thousand something. I'm sorry. It's all kind of a little blurry with all the tenants. Yeah. But uh, it wasn't very much. Um, and I think that we would have let it go if she hadn't gotten so hostile and so rude. You know what I mean? Because um, we, I think we worked out a payment plan with her. Hey, just you know, over the next six months, you can pay it or something along those lines. Um, but she just was not down for that. She didn't agree with it. And so anyways, um, it was about if you want to uh, submit any counter evidence or your own evidence as a, as a defendant, you can do it up until I believe either 24 or 48 hours before the hearing. Mm-hmm. And you need to serve it to <laughs> the other person. You need to submit it through the RTDRS in Alberta. And then with that submission paperwork mm-hmm. and the evidence, you need to serve that to the other person. And so we got served maybe four or five days before um knock 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 yeah knock 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 i open the door and she's like are you wayne hillier or was it you was it, it was me yeah it was you that's right <laughs> which just made it even better little anxiety ridden gabby okay. go on <laughs> yeah. are you gabrielle hillier yes mm-hmm. hand over the documents you've been served like <laughs> <been> served. yeah <laughs> like just like in the movies except in my home at my door <laughs> at like six o'clock at night or something Yep. Like it was the evening heading into the weekend. And I think that our hearing was on like Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it wasn't like it was business days. It was like yeah. going right into the. Yeah. Something was going on as well. Like we were planning something and we were right in the middle of something. And it yeah. was just like. We had a big weekend. Yeah. Um, You know, to get. And I mean, this envelope was thick. Yeah. Thick. Okay, so like our serving paperwork was like, like maybe you know, a couple emails. It was yeah. just pretty much just emails. So like probably 15 pages of emails and yeah. whatever they make you print yeah. out for the service documents. Mm-hmm. Okay, this thing was like a binder. I think it was like 300 pages. 
Is if I'm it? remembering correctly. Yeah. Like, yeah, like it, it was a fat stack of papers. I thought you were going to say fuck ton. <laughs> that too. <laughs> it was, it was very, very, and, and so we, and, you know, Gabby comes over and she's emotional, obviously. And, uh, oh, I was, I think I was flat out crying once I opened it up and realized what the hell was going on. Well, first of all, you've been served. Like, you know, that's not good, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when we opened it up, we realized that, um, she had, she was counterclaiming. She made a counterclaim, um, which was, she counterclaimed us. Remember ours was for 1500 bucks or something like that. She counterclaimed us for over like $11,000. Yeah. She was coming after us for $11,000. Yeah. She included everything. She included her gas. She included her parking receipts. She included her lawyer. She included her, um, her receipt from the nail salon. It was fucking everything. There wasn't actually a receipt from the nail salon. (laughs) He was trying to make a point. (laughs) It was a lot. It was a lot. And I couldn't believe that she managed to get it all the way up to like ten, eleven thousand dollars. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Well, and at like, <clears throat> okay, so imagine having this thing to try to comb through to try to figure out what's going on. Like that is time consuming to flip through every page to read. There was all these statements. Please tell me we they still were... have it. Oh yeah, we do. Oh, I want to go through that. <laughs> I want to go through that so bad. I keep all of that. Yeah. Um, there was all these statements and like these um, pages and pages of her telling stories about stuff. And um, so like th- this was, and we had to read every single page to under, try to understand what the heck was going on. Right. We're like we need to know, need like to this is, ourselves. yeah, we need to defend ourselves. We need to now submit defense on our behalf yes. to her counterclaim. Right. And mm-hmm. we have like, like, well, we were, basically couldn't do anything over the weekend. Cause like I said, we had something going on that weekend. So we had like two days to try to defend ourselves against this 300 page like Bible. Yeah. And, but what we realized <clears throat> in that process, trying to read through page by page is that she was like, well, one, she was like totally off her rocker. So she kept like repeating things. So there would be like her damage deposit, amount was in there like three times yeah and um uh so like so say her damage deposit was like a thousand dollars it was in there like three times so like there's three thousand dollars so like her her math and how she came up with all this stuff was just like totally out to lunch Mm -hmm. yeah so there's just like a whole bunch of like really weird stuff going on um you good yeah. And I'm, I'm just trying to think of like, what else like she so she had been repeating herself on a bunch of like different points. Um, Basically, though, what the evidence in there was she made a counterclaim that like, um, you know, when you, you see it in the movies where they're like, um, I'm going to counter sue you for like, um, pain, what do they call emotional it? damages, emotional damages and pain and suffering. That's what she was going after us for in the residential tenancy dispute resolution services. Yeah. So there was like a therapist statement and like medication. All of her therapy, our therapy and... notes from her therapist that were blacked out to remove the personal information. Yeah. And I'm going to say it, I'm sorry, but she highlighted the items that the therapist, you know, mentioned that there was moments of suicidal thoughts. Yeah. So just like this thing was like, we're like, what the hell are we looking at? So we had to go through these 300 pages and basically with sticky notes, writing our our defense to each of these statements you know they you know and and so it wasn't it wasn't like a a defense she wasn't defending herself against what was what was actually what was owed (laughs) what we claim what our claim was which was um damages and and unpaid rent Mm -hmm. very simple she went with a counterclaim with like she's trying to like talk about the fact that the the basement wasn't conforming and she had evidence that the basement wasn't conforming and evidence that something, something I, I, I can't remember. It had something to do with like animals or infection. It was, there was an infestation or something like that, which there wasn't, there wasn't yeah. but you know, she's trying to like show pictures of like um, she would find a discolored area on the wall. I, I'm, I might be exaggerating right now, but like she, she looked in every single corner 
And she was highlighting the areas of like the Alberta um, health standard uh, minimum housing requirements. She was um, quoting uh, the RTA in certain areas and that how, you know, through a certain particular email, the way that we worded it, therefore, you know, that, that, uh, that email, the way we worded it was against the RTA, basically just trying to discredit us as landlords. That's all she was really doing. It was a discredit us as landlords to try. The other thing she was doing, she was drowning us in legal. Yeah. Again, she thought she was Harvey Specter. She tried to drown us in legal to the point where it would be so confusing and overwhelming that they would either have to postpone the hearing or throw it out because it was just so freaking ridiculous. Yeah. And I think the 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 last thing that she kind of added in there was um <clears throat> was that like and go and going back to the domestic stuff, was that um she she said that we even though she never requested this or mentioned this or anything, this was not a topic of discussion. So it's nothing that we didn't permit or didn't allow. But she said that due to domestic abuse, we should have um, let her out of because there's like a certificate you can get if you're in and we've been we've been given one of these before and we've let somebody out of their lease because yes. of it. There's a certificate that you can get in Alberta that if you're in a domestic abusive um, relationship that you can get the certificate from the province and it allows you out of your um, lease agreement. Yes. So I think it's like within 30 days um, you can leave. Yeah. And so she had come in and said, um, I'm, I'm not responsible for this. I was in a domestic abusive relationship. You should have allowed me out of my lease. But if we rewind back to the beginning of that story, um, there was domestic abuse that had happened. Mm-hmm. And he, she asked us to allow him out of the lease and for him to move out. Right. And we said yes. So right. there was no request can I get out of my lease? Can I anything? Right. There was just simply the request for him to be gone. And we said, absolutely, <clears throat> like 100%. So we let him out. But then, you know, months later, when all this other stuff went down, then she tried to say that she's not responsible because it was domestic abuse and we should have allowed her out of her lease. Mm. Right. Which doesn't account for damages, doesn't account for like, <laughs> you know, unpaid rents all that kind of stuff. So she tried to tie everything back in of what we should have done in a situation that wasn't applicable. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like, yeah, drowning in legal and drowning in all these different things that she thought maybe would let her off the hook. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, you should have seen uh, the, you know, the, the breakdown, like, cause I can't remember. It's been a while since I've looked at one, but like the claim, you know, was written like a lawyer wrote it. It was complete legalese. Please, you know, reference section this. Therefore, there, yeah. Here within. Whereas, <laughs> whereas it was, it was, it was completely overwhelming. So we fast forward now. We get into the the hearing room and we're like, okay, okay, she's not here. Thank God. Maybe she's not going to show up. But I mean, after that much work, yeah, she spent weeks on this. Yeah, like weeks. We served her four weeks before or whatever it was. Yeah. She spent four weeks working on that thing. It was yeah. it was crazy. And so we get in there and she's not there. We get into the hearing room. She's not there. I'm like, okay, maybe she's calling in. And, uh, you know, the mediator comes in um, and says, okay, um, this person's not here. I see a request here that she has requested that uh, she phone in. Yeah. Now, I can't remember if she answered on the first call. I, 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 vaguely... I don't think she did. I think he called twice. He yeah. called. She didn't answer. He called again. Hello? You know, so she came in and what they have is, you know, like a meeting room, um, you know, speaker where, you know, you can listen in. Hmm. First things first. Can you hear me? No. Hello? Can you hear me? Hello? Hello? She's on speakerphone as well. So it's just like it already started off terrible, right? And um, you can just imagine that like someone who's doing, again, I talked about this yesterday, someone who's doing this job every single day, they don't deal with, you know, sophisticated um, experts, you know, they don't deal with investors who, who understand the RTA. They deal with two people who have never read the RTA before, bitching and complaining, he said, she said, bullshit, and they got no, they said this on the phone, they said this in a text, you have the information, no, but he said, he said, it's, it's, it must be terrible. So, 
Every you know. time you've said he said, she said bullshit a few times in the last couple of days. And I just have like, he said, she said bullshit. It's bullshit. <laughs> no, I have a song. <laughs> um, Sorry, continue. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you can just imagine like how annoyed he is just right out of the gate. And so, you know, he says to us, we have a claim here. Uh, says here for unpaid rents and um, and some damages uh, in the amount of one thousand three hundred dollars. Um, I'm seeing here we have a counterclaim, which uh, I suppose uh, we might have to postpone this because uh, this is a lot. <laughs> this is you can just tell like he's looking at this thing like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And he's kind of looking through it and he's like, I'm having a little bit of trouble. He was having a little bit of trouble just trying to like figure out what it was all about. And um, <laughs> I remember him asking her a question and you could hear someone being like, <laughs> and someone was in the background. He goes, excuse me, is, is, is there someone else on the line here? And she goes, yes, it's uh, yes. My mom and my dad are here. Okay. Well, they can't be here. Oh yeah, they're just they're just here for emotional support or something along those lines because I'm, I've been going through some stuff and no no they cannot be here. You're gonna have to ask them to leave or you're gonna need to leave. Okay okay, they're gone. <laughs> Quite clearly, they're still there. They're just being quiet now. And oh man, I'm just trying to remember all the different random things that happened in this hearing. I think that um, he had, because of the volume of the package, like, I think the adjudicators get like a short amount of time to kind of quickly review the, what the claims are There's before a long it list starts. And uh, the people in the. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like they have weeks where they're reviewing this 300 page, you know, claim and going through, like, they basically look at the summary page yeah, and then the ask, yeah. So they say, what's the actual claim? And then they, when they get into the hearing, they're asking you to give your quick explanation. Yes. Like, can you explain, you know, kind of what happened, what the claim is? Yeah. Um, and then they ask the other person, can you defend yourself? So they leave it to you to kind of go through your evidence yeah. and they can reference it um, to, to verify kind of what's going on. Exactly. And so, yeah. So he had asked her, like, can you kind of tell me a, about your claim? Because he started with really, her counterclaim before ours. Yeah. And that's really where, um, you know, she was her own demise. Like she didn't she didn't even understand her claim so i think that she thought that they were going to have to review all the evidence and everything in between but again as gabby said they just went and looked at the the actual first page the actual claim the yeah. claim that be, was being made was that you know for these three things or whatever it was all of that evidence was just for you know three things it was one was that um she should have been out of release the other one was that um uh, some sort of a pain and suffering thing and 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 something else but they weren't yeah. So when, when he asked, you know, what are, you have a claim here for this, um, and he would go to ask, how do you, you know, respond to that? And we say, it's not true. Very simple. Not true. Go back to the other person, you know, the girl and say, okay, do you have any evidence? Yes, I have evidence here, this, 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 and this, and this, and this, this. And they go, how do you defend yourself? And basically, because we spent the days working on it, we would just kind of flip through and we'd find the sticky note and we say, um, evidence 1.3A. He goes, okay, quite clearly that, that solves that. Do you have a response to that? And then she starts crying. And then the sobs and the cries and everything else. And it just instantly just like, it It, it wasn't, what's, what's the word? It wasn't, it didn't make any sense. No. There's my life and all these other horrible things. And, and it had just, nothing to do with the situation. Like They took yeah. advantage of me and they're just terrible people. And they took advantage of me in this situation. And just you imagine just like the, the huffing and puffing crying, like, the you know, the ugly crying, which again, I feel terrible saying, but like, just forget for a second that she'd been through all that, but like the ugly crying. And you can just imagine this guy and like sitting here like, oh my God, I need to get out of this room. And cause like, nothing that has nothing to do with it they just want to review the evidence and and give a judgment like right. they don't want they don't want stories they don't want like they just want to say like is there evidence show me where okay yes i can see that okay you what's your defense do you have evidence where is it okay yeah i see that okay based on this like that's all they want to Very do simple. they don't want to hear stories they don't want um emotion they don't want anger they don't want anybody getting like heated they just want two people to sit 
you know, either on the phone or on the other side yeah. of the table and reference where they can access the evidence that you're providing yeah. so that they can make a quick judgment. So when one side of the table is either getting angry and defending themselves or saying, or just like referencing stuff that's not applicable mm-hmm. or, you know, like getting out of context and like saying, yeah, but then also they did this and also they did this and da, 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 da. Like they don't like that. They don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear you crying. They don't want to hear you um, like anything. They just want two composed people answer the question. to answer the question that they asked. Like, and you can understand how frustrating that is when you ask, you know, somebody a question and they go off on a, a tangent and you just need the answer to the question. Yeah. Like it's frustrating. So imagine doing that all day. And then having people getting like, you know, out how do of you hand? expect them to go out of their way to use their discretion to help you? Because that's yeah. what they are mediators, right? Yeah. They're looking at all the evidence. Who's it's not a matter. They're not judges. They're not, they don't have a gavel. Yeah. Do they have a gavel? I don't know. <laughs> and now I'm second guessing. I wonder if they do have a gavel. Son of a gun. I don't remember. It's been a while. Um, but like, they're not passing down a judgment. They are, you know, do they are giving a judgment. However, they're mediating. Is yeah. it's at the end? Hey, are, Wayne, Gabby, are you willing to allow them, you know, a period of time to pay this off because they don't have the money? Would you allow them a payment plan? Sure, and they'll help us mediate through a payment plan. Mm-hmm. It's at the end of it. They're trying to mediate. They're not yeah. trying to pass down judgment, right? Yeah. Um, but if if you can't find a you know some sort of a mediation, then they will pass just the judgment for it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Right. At the end of the day, they want to protect the tenants. They want to protect the landlords. It's a very fair system. Yeah, that's what I, I really I'm not intimidated by the RTDRS. Yeah. I'm intimidated by 300 pages of prep. Yeah, that was but... that was scary. That was like a moment it, like that was that night. I think that I'll probably remember forever, like mm-hmm. being served. Initially yeah. being served and then opening up this like 300 page thing that you're being served with and having to make sense of somebody <clears> who is <throat> not like clearly not like it wasn't composed it wasn't like in order it wasn't so yeah. like trying to make sense of this mess that was yeah. given to us and having to defend ourselves within like 48 hours that was her intention was to do that yeah too. and that was awful like that was such a bad time yeah <laughs> but again like once they sifted through the bullshit it was just a matter of asking they asked questions yeah. and when they asked us a question we gave yes or no and 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 they uh, yes Okay, cool. Do you have evidence to provide this? Yes. Uh, evidence 1.3a. Okay. He flips through to 1.3a. Okay, that's clear. Yeah. And how do you respond to this? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, well, very, and like, it's very simple. Yeah. And the thing that I learned early on with the RTDRS, and like I've always kind of like, I've been a really organized person for the most part. And so, like, if when it comes down to like an RTDRS hearing, like Wayne said, like, I print out all the evidence. I have sticky notes. I have a legend for myself saying like each point where what page it's on, what number, what yeah. letter. And so it was like Wayne was was sitting beside me doing the talking mm-hmm. and I was sitting beside him with my package and they would be on a topic and I would be flipping to that section, like reviewing the points and then like getting the page and handing it to Wayne with like the highlighted part yeah. so that he could say, okay, it's right here. This is what happened. This is the email. No, yeah. it wasn't paid. And, and so like we- Did I ever thank you for that? <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> okay. Because had had you not done that, I would have had to go, oh yeah, it's here somewhere. Uh, just one second. Yeah. So organization and just like, and really understanding the RTD, the RTA, the Residential Tenancies Act, what your responsibilities are, what the tenant's responsibilities are. If you understand that, and you follow it, mm-hmm. you know, you do your job as a landlord to do what you're supposed to do. You don't work outside of the, of the rules. Yeah. Then when it, if it comes down to <clears throat> a, a hearing, it's almost, I'm going to say almost, it's almost impossible to lose. Yeah. It also comes down to how composed you are and like all that kind of stuff. And yeah. just like, you know, all those things. But if you've done everything that you're supposed to do, and they haven't, and they're in the wrong, and you show up composed, organized, you know, you've done, like, you've, you've provided the the adjudicator with what they need to see, Mm -hmm. it's almost impossible to lose. Yeah. So, um, 
if you haven't been, just know that, <laughs> you know, it's not a big deal as long as you're doing your job properly as a landlord. I think, I think this example is a really, you know, this story is a really good lesson, like, as you said, for everyone just to realize it's not that bad. Um, a lot of people get intimidated by this. You know, if you guys ever are going through this, something like this, it, it might be worth hiring someone to, yeah. to do this for you. As long as you have good documentation, you can pass off all that stuff, let them go through for the first time. Um, I mean, if you, it, the cost of hiring someone is going to be the cost, the same cost as like a coaching call with me. Like if you want to get a coaching call on, you know, on Gabby and I, we can walk through it with you um, and kind of help you do it. But otherwise, I mean, the cost of just hiring an expert, it would be to, to represent you would be probably the same amount. So I, I would probably just go with that route. But um, I, I think everybody should do it once because then once you've been through it, you know how to, now you know how to prepare yourself and be proactive. Um for your next tenants. You know what I mean? What information do I need to have? Yeah. What do I need to have in my lease? I should never, ever say that in an email again, right? All these things that you just, you've, we learned through those experiences to know that like, we, okay, never, ever say that. Don't ever do this. Don't ever allow them out of their lease. Don't ever do this, you know, and always make sure we have these three things within the lease. Yeah. Right. So much that you learn through that experience. Yeah. And never just have, never have a, handshake or conversation agreement on something affecting the lease without documenting it and mm -hmm. having their confirmation of doc like documenting doesn't mean opening up a word document and writing down what the conversation was it means a physical acknowledgement like a written acknowledgement yeah. from the other party so if they're like oh well you you know c can i move out early and you're like uh yeah that's not a big deal um Sure. Are you okay paying like $500 just to cover, you know, like I'll probably have a bit of a vacancy that while well, I'm looking for somebody, and they're like, yeah, 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 that's no problem. I'll pay the 500. Like, thank you so much. And you're like, yeah, absolutely. And like, it seems like everybody's so on the same page, mm -hmm. but then if you don't document that and they don't pay you the $500, you're not getting that $500. Mm -mm. Like, no, like as, as far as anybody knows, like it's just agreed that they could leave. Um, you know, you did the inspection with them, they moved out, like everything's fine. And then they don't pay, like you have nothing stating that they agreed that they would pay that. So like everything needs written confirmation that you agree upon if you're working outside of, of the guidelines, right? Yeah. So the guideline is, is that they see their lease through. Yeah. If they leave early, you need written confirmation of what is going on. Yeah. You, um, I guess we can just kind of finalize this, this story. Uh, we won. Yeah. Well, um, and just one thing I wanted to kind of backtrack to is that, and, and mention is that be, sorry, I always call it him an adjudicator, but is that wrong? I, I heard adjudicator once and, 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 and I've always just kind of called them that. Um, I don't Mediator. Even, mediator is. Yeah. Okay. So the mediator was, um, I mean, adjudication is a formal judgment on a disputed matter. So okay, I, yeah. I believe it kind of falls under the same. Yeah. Um, whoever the, he is. Yeah. He was noticeably annoyed, like noticeably frustrated at the package that was before him from her. Yeah. He was like, w like you could see on our end, cause we were physically in the room that like when he picked that up, he was like, <clears throat> what is this? Like, yeah. are you serious? Yeah. Like, this is a, a mediation. This isn't court. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you think you're smart or something? Yeah. Like, he, like, so, so I think that that honestly, right off of the get go, was a, like, an X for her. You know what I mean? Like, to, to present something like that in a little mediation room trying to solve a little landlord dispute for over $1,500. Yeah. For $1,500. Like, he was noticeably annoyed. Yeah. And, um, so, you know, sometimes a matter might require something like that if it's big. Yeah. But I think in those big situations, you might forego RTDRS mediation and you might go straight to like the provincial. Provincial. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that he was just like, what the fuck? Like, are, am I seriously sending are, this to, to, yeah. to, to the provincial court? Yeah. So th that in itself was kind of like a, a demise for her as well. Yeah. 
And yes, like he, and he was, once he realized that like she was claiming the same things over and over, cause like we, we highlighted that, like, look, like she's tried to claim her damage deposit like three times in here. Mm -hmm. That equals like $3,000. Like she can't have her damage deposit back three times over, even yeah. if she is entitled to have it back. And so then he's realizing that she doesn't even know what she's doing. <laughs> she's totally messed this thing up. And, and then her composure or lack of composure and all of that. Like, so there was many things, you know, strewn into that, but yes, we did win the judgment for what we came in for. Everything um, else was thrown out. Everything else was thrown out. And yeah. Now a, a few of you guys um, are probably going to be wondering, uh, you know, did we get the money back? See, that was kind of the difficult part was that, you know, now that she moved to Calgary, see that, that one registered mail that we got. You know, I, we were, <laughs> uh, we were able to get her to open one piece of registered mail. She's never going to open a piece of registered mail yeah. ever again. And that's if she's still at her parents, right? That's yeah. the address that we had. So we had to get her to accept a piece of registered mail, sign for it, um, at her mom and dad's address. And back like, then we didn't know anybody in Calgary. Like we, we didn't even really, um, realize that like there was you could pay people to serve and stuff yeah like yeah and so you know there was some feelings that like oh crap if we serve her like if we get her is she gonna counter sue us for something else like she was i, I mean for a, a a girl in school to be a legal assistant i mean she was she was serious about it. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know how she had the time to do something like that. Um, but I, I didn't want to open up that can of worms again. So my options basically were to go down and drive down to Calgary, kind of stock out the house a little bit just to find her and then serve her. I had to serve her the judgment. So here's how it works. You get the judgment paperwork. I have to serve her the judgment paperwork from after the hearing. Okay. Mm -hmm. Basically, even though she was there and she know that she lost, I still need to serve her that paperwork. Now, I'd love to just, hand, you know, if she was in the other side of the room, I would have just normally handed the paperwork over. But no, after the hearing, you got to go down to the court of Queen's bench. You got to file it. Then you get a stamp on the judgment. Then you need to serve them those documents. Okay. Once you've served them those documents, then you can apply for the writ of enforcement. Yeah. Right. Then I need to serve them the writ of enforcement, which basically allows me to go after their, um, after the money. Okay. So I got to serve twice. Means I got to go to Calgary, stock the house, make sure she's there, hand her the paperwork. You've been served. And then I got to do that twice, which I'm working. I don't have time to be driving down to Calgary three hours away. Uh, for those of you guys who aren't aware how far it is, three hours away to stock a house. You know, it's, it was, it, it's, it, it's a pretty big thing. So, and then, you know, of the ways that we could get the money back, you know, we could file at the registries and prevent her from getting, you know, or a license or a new credit card or something like that. Um, we could uh, freeze her bank account if we had the information, which we did. We could freeze her bank account once and they would pull the money out of her bank account. But we can't, I can't imagine there was 1500 bucks in there. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing was you can garnish her wages, but she wasn't working, right? Or we sent it to a collections agency and they take pretty much half of it. So is any of that worth it for 1500 bucks? Not really. At that point, like that was such a draining experience to go through all of that. I think we were just happy for it to be over. See, now we could have, see, there's only 1500 bucks. And when we received that giant pile, a lot of like, I'm just thinking like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm out. Like, I'm just going to cancel it. I'm going to cancel the claim. I don't want to deal with this shit. Right. Because like, I'm sure some of you are wondering, why do we go through all of that? defending ourselves going through 300 pages and everything else to get that judgment and then not even go after her for the 1500 bucks. Yeah. The reason why we had to go was because she counterclaimed us for $11,000. Yeah. I can't walk away from it. I have to show up now. Yeah. I have to defend myself against these $11,000 with the claims because if I don't show up to that hearing, I might lose. Yeah. And then suddenly I go from someone owing me 1500 bucks to me owing someone $11,000, which was at that particular time, we didn't have it. Okay. It would have been terrifying. So I had to go and defend myself. I had to go and get that judgment. Now at that particular point, I'm, like, I'm not interested in pursuing her any longer. To be honest, if I could have walked away after getting those three being served, if I could have walked away, I would have walked away. I'm like, you know what? 
And can I also say that like, you know, through her serving us and through going through the documents, um, it was really hard um, to see on the other end, kind of like the, the claims that you know, were coming through. It was oh, hard to, like I mean, it was hard initially just to know that there was domestic abuse, never mind, um, you know, therapist documents talking about suicidal thoughts and like those types of things. Like that's really sensitive information. That's really emotional information. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, you know, we do have a business to run. Um, that was, you know, it was our second tenant. So we had one suited rental property. And like, so that was our, our business. Like we had no other way to like pay the bills for that. Like we, like we talked about yesterday, we didn't have a reserve fund. Like this was us starting out as landlords. We didn't have a proper reserve fund in place. Um, We just had our incomes. Like this was supposed to, this property was supposed to cover itself. We didn't know what we didn't know at that point. Choo-choo, financial freedom. Yeah. We just, we thought that, and then to not like to be owed and we're covering. We were already in the hole after the first tenant story we told yesterday. We're already in the hole on that one. Now we're going to be in the hole on this one too. This is not starting off good. No. So like we were, we were, we were trying to make sure that we weren't in financial ruin off of this first stupid little rental property because we didn't know what we didn't know. We didn't set it up properly. Yeah. And so like, you know, on our end, we're trying to just make sure that this little tiny one property business of ours doesn't like sink us. But on the other end, we're getting this information that somebody's like, you know, gone through a horrible situation and is possibly suicidal and, you know, all these things. And it's like, that does come into play. That affects you. Yeah. That makes you feel like, an awful human being, even though it has nothing to do with you. It is not your fault. It's like, unfortunately, you got tied into it because you accepted them as a tenant. You know what I mean? So it's hard to differentiate those things. And I, I like, I don't like to admit this, but I guess at the same time, it makes me human. But that was also reasoning for just being like, let's just drop this. I well, I remember now as we're talking about this stuff, because do you remember in the beginning of this conversation, you didn't remember anything and now it's just all yeah. kind of flowing in. I'm remembering the feelings. I'm remembering what things that you were saying. And I remember when we received the 300 page uh, service documents, evidence, we didn't know she was suicidal. No, had no clue. We didn't know about a lot of this stuff. We no. just knew that there were some holes in the wall, possible domestic dispute. Okay violence we didn't know the extent of it sometimes people just say it and it's a shove which is whatever i'm not i'm not um trying to determine which what's 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 worse whatever but we didn't know if it was a shove and a couple punches in the wall and that was considered domestic violence or whether it was you know whatever okay so we didn't know how bad it was but he was gone he was gone. That's what we knew. She's okay, she's, she's working it out. Yeah. You know, she's now she's behind on rent. It was her that was behind on rent. Yeah. It was her that tried to, to, you know, fix it, but we had to go hire in someone for five or 600 bucks to fi- fix the door on the wall. Okay. Um, we didn't know about all the other stuff. We didn't know about yeah. any of that stuff. And as soon as we saw it, Gabby's like, we just need to let this go. We need to let this go. But the problem was, again, as I mentioned, we got an $11,000 counterclaim now that we need to defense. Yeah. We had to go through with it. Yeah. But after all was said and done, it was just like, you know what? We just dropped it. We just dropped it. Yeah. Um, which is never a good thing to do with a business. Mm-hmm. Um, because now, you know, between that and also, you know, with the first tenant, you know, what are we out? $4,000, $5,000? Everything okay? Yeah. We're out $4,000, $5,000 and like, you know, our property is probably only made 10 grand right so in the first two tenants we lost half of our profits it's 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 not going it's not going very good uh but you know and the third tenant wasn't any better and like we're right at one hour now we didn't read anyone's emails uh we barely got to our third tenant which at least i know i've got some good content for the future i'm gonna gonna read everybody else's um stories when we get back well it's seven already it's seven already (laughs) that one that one was definitely a uh that was hard. Um, you know, like we talked about yesterday, we talked about, you know, like the, the friggin off the rails, druggy, crazy tenants and, and, you know, being worried about our safety. And now, you know, you can see the emotional side of, of things that can happen. And 
how it plays into your decisions and all that kind of stuff. Do you remember when we explained the second tenant though yesterday? There's like this sweet, lovely, young sweet young couple. couple. Yeah. And like, same thing with that first tenants. Hey, we just wanted to come by and chat. We're like, we just really want to make sure that we get the right landlord. And we were just so excited about this place. Mm -hmm. The second tenant, sweet young couple. You know, they got their, they got, look like they got their shit together. He had a good job. She's becoming, going to school to be a legal assistant. Like you have five minutes to get to know someone. You have no idea where it's going to go. And, and at the end of yesterday's show, I explained again that there really isn't much that you can do for screening a tenant. You can't screen for character. You have five minutes to screen for character and personality. Okay. Yeah. And you guys, a good credit report isn't going to tell you that there's going to be domestic disputes or that drugs. Yeah, I mean, like may, maybe drugs because often money's tied into that. But or you, you know, know, criminal record check. But I mean, that's yeah. just like it. Where do you where do you where do you stop? But ultimately, it's never going to determine whether someone's going to pay on time or whether they're going to damage the place. And you credit report is just an indicator, indication, indication yeah. of, of their history of it. And if they've got a history of, you know, making bad payments or whatever, not making payments with, you know, uh, credit card payments being behind or cell phone payments being behind or something like that, or a vehicle being repoed, like everybody's got a reason. Everyone's got like, and most tenants, most tenants, a lot of people, like how often do we get uh, a tenant who has like a 700 or an 800 credit score? Very rarely. Not too often. Yeah. So it's, it's far more often that they'll have a, a 500 or. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's not to say all tenants are like that. It's just, it's the likelihood, yeah. especially when you're dealing with, you know, entry level, um, property types, i.e. if you own a multifamily, you know, those are the cheapest apartments. Okay. So yeah. you're renting out the lowest, uh, income class typically. Okay. Yeah. Or unless it's just a single person, but for, for the most part, it comes down to affordability. You, yeah. you buying townhouses. Okay, it's affordability. You buy in basement, you buy in houses with suites because everybody says, you know, suited houses are the best. They're the best for cash flow. Yes. But you're also dealing with a very low income uh, basement suite and a medium income for a main floor suite. Yeah. The reason why people rent those is for affordability. Yeah. Okay. If they you, can afford their own dwelling, they will 100% get rent out a house opposed to a main floor. Right. So yeah. that, that means that their affordability is lower. It means they make less. They are more likely to not be able to make their payments because they're not, they don't have $200,000 a year, right? They're making $40,000 a year and $40,000 a year with $1,400 rent is tight. Mm -hmm. If something happens, you get sick, you lose your job, you're fucked. So just know that when you're buying properties like that, that the tenant profile that you should be expecting that the likelihood is actually quite high. They're going to miss payments. And going back to what I said yesterday, it's just having a good understanding that, you know what? There's nothing that you can do to determine whether they're going to pay or or not, or whether they're going to damage the place or not, or whether something is going to happen to them in the near future that is going to affect their ability to do that. You can't. So just don't stress over it too, too much. Do the best that you can and just know that every now and then that you're going to have a lemon and in your business and it's going to cost you a little bit, but it's a cost in business. Mm -hmm. Plain and simple. Yeah. Just, just move on though. You know what I mean? Don't let it affect you emotionally. Um, the first couple will affect you later on when you get more, um, you know, when you've dealt with it a few times, like Gabby, you know, yeah, it, it just becomes part of business. And you know what? That really um, helped develop my confidence because with knowledge comes comfort, right? Yeah. Like you become comfortable when you're knowledgeable about something, right? Mm -hmm. When you don't know and it's new and you're going through it the first time, that's where the growing pains, the anxiety, the being uncomfortable happens. But then once you've done it, you know you're what like, to do. Oh, okay. So the next time it comes around, you're like, okay, I've been through this. I can do this. It's a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And then the next time it's like, I'm a pro. <laughs> yeah. 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 So uh yeah, a big, a big valuable lesson in the last two days. Um looking forward to the third one because the third one's actually significantly different which is very cool about the, our first three tenants we learned a lot yeah about three different you know uh, categories here uh, different ways to handle things um there's a valuable lesson about getting tenants out as well which you know we we we're pretty good about but you're gonna have to wait a week yes because uh gabby and i are headed to the dominican republic tonight at midnight god damn that's gonna suck 
<laughs> um, an overnight flight. We're just, we're going to land in Putacana and we're going to be at two o'clock in the afternoon and we are going to be so messed up just from like trying to sleep three hours at a time on a flight because we have a five hour layover in Toronto tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be a pretty rough night, but uh, we're really looking forward to it. And uh, you know what? This is, we're taking a week off. Uh, yeah. is, is this so our we- first time taking a week off? Yeah. We've, I think we've taken, well, just being sick and stuff happening, we've had a day here and there, but. Yeah. But otherwise, this is our first time taking time off and, and we, we really wanted to let you guys know that how appreciative we are and how, you know, for your loyalty and showing up every morning. Please um, come back. <laughs> we really want you to come back, you know, the um, t- uh, two Mondays from now. Yeah. Uh, we do have some podcasts lined up for next week. Okay. Um, there should be four, at least four podcasts for next week. Um. If you're wondering where yesterday's podcast is, actually, you know what I'm going to, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I didn't release yesterday's podcast because uh-huh. it's going to release it next week. I'm also going to release today's podcast next week as well. Okay. okay. So we'll go Monday, Tuesday. We'll be listening to this. I have an old podcast from the vault that was never released. Mm-hmm. Um, like I talked about that recently for those of you guys who listened. Um, I had an interview with someone and then zoom lost the recording and I finally found the recording two years later. Um, it was during the pandemic. Uh, so that's a really good interview that I was really bummed that I lost and I'm going to release that. And then we've got two investor spotlights as well, um, interviews next week. So we're going to have five podcast interviews for you tomorrow. They'll all be released in the morning so you can listen to them on your drive. In fact, I'll release them the night before so you can download them and you can listen to them at 6 a.m. <laughs> okay. Nice. And you can pretend that you're calling in and chatting and everything else. <laughs> um, but then we'll be back the following Monday and, you know, we'll share our third tenant. Uh, we'll also share, you know, every, thank you to everyone who emailed in um, their first tenants and, and their experiences and the lessons that they learned. Um, we'll get through all that in two Mondays from now. And, and otherwise, you know, um, thank you so much. Yeah. Have a great week next week, you guys. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com.